0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're continuing our series on demographics and examining the history of the last 30 years in Japan to understand what happened. Now, I've spent a lot of time in Japan. I've been there at least 20 times. I've spent days inside Japanese office buildings, working alongside Japanese workers and business leaders. I've made boardroom presentations and have socialized with my Japanese colleagues until the early hours of the morning. The question is, why did real estate in Japan collapse? I remember the late 1980s very well. I just started my professional career as an electronic engineer. I was driving a Japanese car because they had the highest quality in the market. I had a Sony Turnitron TV and Japanese electronics seemed ready to take over the world. The most impressive presentations at the microelectronics conferences I attended were from companies like Toshiba and NEC. Today, nobody's even talking about the threat of Japanese domination. The fact is, demographics could have easily predicted the current situation. The Japanese real estate and stock markets had a huge run from 1986 until 1991, and by 1992, it had collapsed starting what many have called Japan's lost decade. Now, when people die, they are sellers of real estate, whether they intended to sell or not. And When they're too old to live on their own, they too become sellers of real estate. The real estate market in Japan has fallen 60% from the peak in residential real estate and 80% in commercial real estate, and it's never rebounded. It's because after Second World War, Japan was very focused on rebuilding the country and made it a national priority. They started with a post-war baby boom of their own, Their population grew by 24% in the decade following the war, and when those people entered the workforce in the 1960s and 1970s, Japan had a young, energetic workforce, and these millions of new workers became the economic engine of the country. When the Japanese economy was at its peak, property owners were taking their profits from real estate in Japan, using the proceeds to go buy more real estate, and then to buy marquee properties all over the world. At the time, it looked like Japan was on a trajectory to dominate the world economically. And today, nobody talks about that, so what happened? Much of the literature focuses on an asset bubble created by aggressive lending practices, which created significant risk for Japanese banks. Lenders continued to lend against increasing asset values, and they were later exposed when asset prices fell. But Here's what's rarely talked about. Japan's population, under 64 years of age, peaked in 1990 the number of people in that age group has fallen steadily ever since 1990 is it a coincidence that the economy began to shrink in 1991 well some might say it's a coincidence but i don't think so i think there's a very direct linkage between those two events today there's more than 8 million vacant homes in japan equating to 13.5 percent national vacancy rate even in tokyo the vacancy rate is 11 percent across the city Their population has shifted and the elderly now make up 26% of Japan's population. Japan's population peaked in 2008 and has fallen every year since then. When you add the reduction of children in the population, it's a demographic crisis of epic proportions. Japan's children used to represent 24% of the population. Today, they only make up 12.8% and falling. Fertility rates for women are one41 far below the 2.08 babies per woman required to maintain population constant. Today, there are two retired people for every five people in the workforce. And by 2036, that's going to increase to three retired people for every five in the workforce. Imagine if you had to take 20% of your current economic output for every person in the workforce to pay for the social cost of the elderly. And by 2036, that number could increase to 38%. No true pension system funded by prior workers can keep pace with that kind of a shift. Even the number of current workers can't fund the pension obligations of the country. Printing money is a way for government to inflate their way out of the funding shortfall, but that's just a hidden tax that eventually results in bankrupting the country. And we've seen that movie before. Japan has already gone through what Europe and the U.S. are about to experience, with one key difference. Japan has had a very tight immigration policy. Even though they've loosened it, they only accepted 9,000 immigrants last year. Immigration can be a very effective offset for dropping fertility rates. When immigrants arrive, they're immediately productive members of the economy. Children and the elderly have no economic output and are a tax on the system. By comparison, Canada accepts 200,000 immigrants each year, and you know Canada is a fraction of the population of Japan it's estimated that Japan would need to accept 17 million immigrants to offset their current working population shortage in order to fund their current pension obligations. Now, the U.S., on the other hand, continues to experience a large demand for immigration. It's seen still as the land of opportunity. And with the population aging in the U.S. and falling fertility rates, the country could repeat the trajectory of Japan, both in economic terms and in real estate the country embraces immigration strategically to address imbalances in the population, the country has a real opportunity to stave off repeating Japan's mistakes. As you're thinking about that, make sure you pay attention to how demographics influences the supply and demand situation for your local market over the next few years. These shifts are very, very real. Have a spectacular day. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.